Good morning. We are glad that you've chosen to worship with us again today. We're very much looking forward to a time really soon when we actually can look at you while we are worshiping with you and not just be looking into the camera. Uh, so we just have one more week of worship services where we're only going to be recording it, and then we're going to be doing some live worship services. Pastor Glenn talked about that last week, but I just want to reiterate what's happening. Starting on Wednesday, June 3rd, we are going to be having worship services that are live on Wednesday nights at 6.30. We would love for you to join us for one of those services. And then we will be having watch parties on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.30. And we'd like you to come out for those as well. Uh, how you can let us know that you're coming is by signing up on our website. So go on hbcmanchester.org, sign up, and let us know that you're coming. It's really important that you do that. Sign up with your family. We want you to come out, even if it's just for one of the watch parties, because that's a way that we can worship together and see each other and fellowship and 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 get to know each other better. So please do that. We want to fill up all of those services. If we fill them all the way up, we can add more watch parties. Um, but if you don't come, then we won't do that. So please just help us out and, and come out and worship with us on Wednesday nights or on Sunday mornings. We have all of those slots on our website for all of the Wednesdays and all of the Sundays in the month of June. So please do that, and uh, we'll let you know if there are any changes to that schedule. There may be changes coming from the state and from the governor, and we will let you know if those changes happen. Uh, but for right now, that is our plan, and we hope to stick to it until we can add more people and more services. I also want to let you know that our annual meeting is going to happen on Friday, June 5th. So on our website, you can find the annual report. We'd encourage you to go on there and look it over, and then we would love for you to come out to the annual meeting on the 5th. That's a Friday night, and uh, join us for that. Um, and we, at the annual meeting, we'll be talking about our budget. We'll be talking about our plans for the future and, and what God has done in this year. So plan on coming out for our annual meeting, and we would love to see you there as well. But for this morning, we are here to worship God. He is great. He does great things, and he has a great name. So let's worship him together.
the earth will shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise, Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh Lord, that's your name, the morning breaks in glory. your name creation sings your story at your name angels will bow the earth will rejoice your people cry out Lord of all the earth will shout your name shout your name filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise, Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh Lord, there is no one like our God, we will praise you, praise you, there's no one like our God, we will sing, we will sing, there is no one like our God. We will praise you, praise you, Jesus is our God. We will sing. Lord of all the earth will shout your name, shout your name. Filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh Lord. skies with endless praise, endless praise, Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh Lord. Will you join me together in prayer? Father God, you are great and your name is great. You are above and before and greater than everything in this world and everything out of this world. We are thankful, Lord God, for all that you do for us each and every day in our lives, in our community, and in our world. God, we're not worthy of all that you do for us, but we're thankful that your love surpasses our worthiness, that your love is greater than anything that we deserve on our own. We're thankful, Lord God, for your son Jesus, who makes it possible for us to have a relationship with you, and we're thankful that he is greater than anything that we could face in this world. We pray, Lord God, today that soon we would be able to all meet together again, that we would be able to come together and worship you with one voice, with unity and spirit and unity and purpose, because, God, you are worthy of that. We pray that you would take away this virus that is uh, surrounding us. We pray that you would take away the bans and the guidelines that the virus has caused. And we pray, Lord God, that uh, we would soon be able to, to go back to worshiping together in one place. But we pray, Lord God, that we wouldn't get 
uh, caught up in worrying. We wouldn't get caught up in fear. We wouldn't be tempted, Lord God, to despair. We wouldn't be tempted, Lord God, to place blame, but that our focus would be completely on you because, God, no matter what is happening in this world, you are worthy of our praise and our worship now and always. And we pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading today is Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1 through 6. Please follow along with me. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. Amen. Are we good? Have you ever had someone ask you that question? Usually someone asks that question after they've tried to work through a conflict with you. They want to know if your relationship is now in a good place. A while ago, I was asked that question by a company who supplied my TV service. I'd reached the point where I wanted to change my TV supplier because I was tired of their high prices. It was not exactly a bonus feature that the company had terrible customer service. And so I was done. I called up the company and I said I wanted to pay my final bill as quickly as possible with my credit card. But then the TV company told me about all of these different charges that I would have to pay just so that I would be able to have the privilege of ending my relationship with them. And that wasn't all. The company also told me that I would have to pay a $5 fee to pay with my credit card. And that's when the TV company representative asked me the question, are you good with that? My response to her question was, fine. Somehow she could tell that I was not actually fine with the idea of paying this $5 fee. And she generously said that she would waive the fee. When I got off the phone then, it was at that point that I could say that my TV company and I were in a good place in our relationship we were done. Here's my question for you today. Are you and God good? Is your relationship with God in a good place? Most people would answer that by saying, of course God and I are good. I'm a good person. What could possibly be wrong in my relationship with God? The good news of the gospel is that it is possible for you to be in a good place in your relationship with God. And that is wonderful, and it is worth celebrating. But the Bible also teaches here in Hebrews chapter 8 that if you want to be good with God, you need a priest. 
You cannot come into the presence of a holy God without a priest, a mediator, a go-between to give you access to God. The good news is that Jesus is that priest who can open up the door for you to God. You need Jesus. If you have Jesus as your priest, you and God are good. Jesus is better than any other priest. And so let's look today at Hebrews 8 and see some ways that Jesus is a better priest who can make your relationship with God good. First of all, we see in Hebrews 8 that Jesus is a better priest because he offers a better sacrifice. Before we look at the better sacrifice that Jesus offers for us, let's talk about a priest's job description. The priests in the Old Testament, who were descended from the tribe of Levi, had three main duties in their job description. Number one, they made sacrifices. Number two, they brought those, the blood of those sacrifices into the presence of God where he was located. And number three, they waited on the results of their sacrifices. They waited to see how effective their work had been. The author of Hebrews is going to show us that Jesus is a better priest than the priests from the tribe of Levi. The whole theme of the book of Hebrews has been that Jesus is better. And today we're going to see that Jesus is better or greater than everything else, coming out in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6. In that verse we read that Jesus' ministry as a priest is more excellent than the ministry of the priests of the Old Covenant. That the covenant that Jesus mediates is better. And that covenant that Jesus brings to make us good with God is enacted on better promises. Jesus is better than everyone and everything. Jesus is a better priest than the Old Covenant priests from the tribe of Levi. So why, the author asks, would you want to leave Jesus as your priest and use some other priest who is not nearly as good as Jesus? That makes no sense. Let's see then how the sacrifice that Jesus offers up is better than the sacrifices offered by the Levite priests. In Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 1, we read, Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. In Hebrews chapter 7, the author had written about the priest Melchizedek from the Old Testament. Now, what was his point in taking the whole chapter, chapter 7, in his letter and talking about Melchizedek? His point was that Melchizedek was a priest who foreshadowed the type of priest that Jesus would be. Melchizedek was different from all of the other priests in the Old Testament in two important ways. First, Melchizedek was not only a priest, he was also a king. And second, Melchizedek was not a priest from the tribe of Levi. And so what was true of Melchizedek is also true of Jesus. 
Jesus is not only a priest, Jesus is also a king. Jesus is a king who is seated at the right hand of God. He sits there and he rules over the world. Jesus reigns over the whole universe. And Jesus was not from the tribe of Levi. He was from the royal tribe of Judah. Jesus then can not only make us good with God by offering up a sacrifice for us on our behalf as our priest, Jesus also can rule over the entire world on our behalf as our king. And one of the ways that Jesus rules the world for us is by praying for us as our priest to his father. Isn't that greater than what the Levite priests could do? Isn't that better? Now let's look at what Jesus does for us in verse 3. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. The priests from the tribe of Levi offered animal sacrifices so that sins might be forgiven. The animal was a substitute for the human being who had sinned. The animal took the penalty of death that the human being deserved for his sin. But if you think about it, can an animal really be a substitute for you? No. You need a human being to represent you before God because you are human. For this reason, we read in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 4, For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. An animal sacrifice cannot make us good with God. We need a human sacrifice who perfectly obeyed God to take our sin away from us. And Jesus is that perfect sacrifice who offered himself and his blood up to God on the cross. We read about Jesus' perfection last week from Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 26. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. The priests of Levi offered up to God animal sacrifices that were without blemish. But those animal sacrifices pointed forward to the sacrifice that we really needed, Jesus. Jesus offered himself, a human being, without sin or a blemish of any kind. So whose sacrifice was better? Jesus was better because he was a human being. He could truly stand in our place before God and take our sin upon himself. Jesus could die for our sin and make us good with God. Sometimes I see people trying to offer up to God their own sacrifice instead of trusting in the one sacrifice that God is truly satisfied with, Jesus. Let me ask you, 
do you try to offer the following types of sacrifices to God? Do you offer the sacrifice of getting really busy for God in church activities in order to earn your forgiveness? Or do you offer a sacrifice of making a generous donation to God in the offering plate because you think that you will be able to pay for your sins? Or do you keep a long list of your own rules before God in order to pay for your sins, in order to make you good with God? Or do you promise God, I'm going to feel really, really, really bad about this sin in an attempt to atone for that sin? Can I tell you something? None of those sacrifices will make you good with God. There is only one sacrifice that will bring you forgiveness. There is only one sacrifice that will make you good with God. The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Jesus is the better sacrifice that God wants. It is the only sacrifice that can bring you forgiveness. Well, Jesus is a better priest, not only because he offers a better sacrifice, he is also a better priest because he serves in a better location. We learn about the location where Jesus serves as a priest in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 2. Jesus, we read, there is a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. Jesus, it says, is a priest in the holy places. He is a priest who serves in heaven itself. It is in heaven where Jesus has taken up the blood of the offering that he shed on the cross here on earth. By contrast, what was the location of the service of the Levite priests? They served in a tent, a tabernacle, which God told Moses to make, according to verse 5. And once a year, the high priest would take the blood of an animal sacrifice into the place in the tabernacle called the Holy of Holies, where God symbolically dwelled. The section of the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. So where is a better location for a priest to serve? Is it in heaven where God actually lives? Or is it in a tent here on earth? I don't think I even need to answer that question. The author of Hebrews is making it clear in verse 2 that earth is not ultimate. It is heaven that is the ultimate location that you want to be in. It is heaven that is greater in every way. Now, the author is not saying that there was something wrong with the tabernacle that Moses built. He is just saying that the tabernacle was a temporary place for the priest to serve in. It was a temporary place that pointed forward to something far greater, the true tabernacle in heaven where God lives and where Jesus serves as our priest on our behalf. The author makes the same point in verses 4 and 5. 
In verse 4, we read that if Jesus were on earth, he could not be a priest at all. Well, why couldn't Jesus be a priest on earth? Because he was not from the tribe of Levi. Therefore, the law said he could not serve as a priest. Isn't it strange that when Jesus went to the temple in Jerusalem, which replaced the tabernacle that Moses had built, that Jesus himself could not go into the Holy of Holies? Jesus himself was and is holy God. But not even Jesus could go into the Holy of Holies in the temple because of a law regarding who could be a priest. Jesus never then went into that part of the temple when he walked this earth. So where then did Jesus go with the blood that he shed on the cross? Where did he go with that? Jesus went into heaven with his blood, into the very presence of God himself. And when God saw the blood of the pure and spotless Jesus, everything was good between God and those who have faith in Christ. Notice the words that are used in verse 5 that the author of Hebrews uses to describe the ministry of the priests of Levi. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. Later, we see in verse 5 that their ministry followed a pattern, a pattern of what actually takes place in heaven. So whose ministry is greater? The Levite priests who serve in a tent on earth or Jesus, a priest who serves at the right hand of God in heaven itself? The author of Hebrews answers this question later in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 24. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Jesus has done for us what no one else could do. What no other priest could do, Jesus has entered into heaven itself. The earthly tabernacle that the Levite priests worked at was never meant to be ultimate. It was meant to be a picture of the sanctuary in heaven where Jesus is our priest. The earthly tabernacle then is an inferior reflection of the real tabernacle in heaven. You want a priest who serves in the location of heaven. Sometimes in the mail, I will receive a postcard from a local realtor. And the picture on the postcard will be a, a picture of a house from my neighborhood that recently sold. On the back of the postcard, the realtor will then write down the information about how much that house sold for. Now, why is the realtor giving me this information? Is it because they want me to go to my neighbor and knock on the door and say, Hey, I see that you recently sold your house for a lot of money. Would you mind giving me some of that money? No, that's not what the realtor is trying to accomplish. The realtor wants me to understand instead 
how much money my own house could sell for at this time. Generally speaking, similar homes in the same neighborhood will sell for about the same amount of money. This is because there are three important factors in determining the value of a home. What are those factors? Location, location, location. It's the location that determines the value of the home. The author of Hebrews is telling us in his book that we need a priest to represent us before God. We need a mediator to give us access into the presence of the holy God. You cannot stand before God as your own priest. You aren't good enough to make yourself good with God. So how should you choose your priest and your mediator? You should pick your priest like you pick real estate. Location, location, location. Jesus serves as a priest in heaven above, the ultimate place. Every other priest that you might choose serves somewhere here on earth. So choose Jesus then to be your priest and your mediator before God. He is the only priest who has entered into heaven itself. He is the only priest who can make you good with God. Finally, Jesus is a better priest because he serves in a better location. But we also see that Jesus is a better priest because he produces a better result. What was the result of Jesus offering himself up to God on the cross for your sins? We find the result in an ordinary word in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 1. It is the word seated. We read in verse 1 that we have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Jesus sat down next to God in heaven after he died for our sins and was then resurrected and ascended into heaven. Now, what is significant about the fact that Jesus sat down? It says that Jesus' priestly work on the cross fully accomplished our salvation and brought us complete forgiveness from God. There was no more work for Jesus to do after he died on the cross for your sins. He did not need to make another sacrifice. And so Jesus sat down. We read last week in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27 that Jesus offered his sacrifice once for all when he offered up himself. The result of that one sacrifice on the cross was that we were fully forgiven when we put our faith in Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he said these wonderful words of good news in John Chapter 19 and verse 30. It is finished. No more sacrifices needed to be made to make us good with God. The result of Jesus' sacrifice was complete and total forgiveness.
Now let's contrast the sacrifice that Jesus made with the sacrifices that the Levite priests made in the Old Testament in Moses' day. First, when you read the description of the tabernacle in the Old Testament, you will notice that there were no chairs anywhere in the tabernacle. No one ever went down to the local furniture superstore to pick out more chairs for the priests. Why is that? Because the priest's work was never done. They had to repeat the same animal sacrifices over and over and over again. I imagine some days a priest would look at someone and say, Hey, Joseph, didn't I see you here yesterday? And Joseph would say sheepishly, Yes, you did. But I did it again. I sinned again. The animal that I sacrificed yesterday only brought forgiveness for yesterday's sin. And so I'm going to need another sacrifice for today's sin. I'm sorry, but I need another sacrifice. Can you see how Jesus' once-for-all sacrifice for our sins produces a better result for us than the repeated sacrifices of animals of the Levite priests? Some of you listening to me today might be feeling like Shakespeare's Lady Macbeth. You might feel like all of the perfumes of Arabia would not get rid of the smell of your sin before God. You know that your sin is blocking the way for you to God, but you do not know what to do about that sin. You don't know how to get to the place where you are good with God. Others of you might feel like the man from Greek mythology named Sisyphus. Sisyphus was a man who had committed a crime and the sentence for his crime was to continually push this boulder, this huge rock, up a hill. Only to watch that stone roll down to the bottom of the hill each time he reached near the summit of the hill. Over and over again, Sisyphus rolled that stone up to the top of the hill. Only to see that stone roll to the bottom of the hill whenever he got near the top. That is what some of you are doing who are trying to make yourself good with God. You are doing all of these good works to try to make God pleased with you. But your work is never done. You can never rest. You can never sit down. If you feel like Sisyphus today, can I tell you some good news? Jesus is a great priest who offered himself on the cross one time to pay for all of your sins. If you trust that Jesus died in your place, then all of your debt to God is paid for. There is no more sacrifice that needs to be made. There is no more work that needs to be done. It's finished. And Jesus finished that work on the cross for you. And because of what Jesus has done for you, every time you come into the presence of God, after you sin, 
and you fearfully ask God, God, are we still good? God's answer to you is, yes, yes, we are good because of the sacrifice that Jesus, your priest, made for you on the cross. Don't put your trust in your own ability to pay for your sins. Don't put your faith in some other priest. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. Believe that his sacrifice and his sacrifice alone makes you good with God. Church, here is the good news of the gospel. You can be good with God. You are made good through the work of Jesus, your priest. Jesus is a better priest than any other priest. Jesus offers a better sacrifice, the sacrifice of himself. Jesus serves in a better location than other priests. He serves in the location of heaven. And Jesus' priesthood brings you the better result of full and complete forgiveness from God. Because of Jesus, your priest, all of your guilt is gone. All of your sin has been removed from you and taken away. All of your debt to God, it has been paid. All this has happened because Jesus did for you what you could not do for yourself. Rejoice then in God's great mercy. You are good with God because of your great high priest, Jesus. Let's pray together. God, how grateful we are that you have sent to us Jesus, our great high priest. Thank you that Jesus offered himself up for us on the cross. Thank you for the forgiveness of sin that this has brought to us. Thank you for this result, that this one sacrifice has completely cleansed us from our sin, finally and forever. God, how grateful we are for Jesus. May we not look for another priest, but may we always look to Jesus, and may we rejoice that this priest has given us everything we need to be good with God. In your great name we pray, amen. Worthy is the Lamb 
holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. of lightning, rolls of thunder, blessing and honor, strength and glory and power be to you, the only wise King. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was in Him is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will adore you. Your name is power, breath of living water, such a marvelous mystery. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing, Praise to the King of Kings, you are my everything, and I will adore you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing, praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. We're glad that you are able to worship with us during our worship service today. We hope that we will see you soon at one of the June services. 
Uh, you are able to sign up for those on our website, so I encourage you to go do that right now. Uh, also, we will be having our Zoom meeting today once again at 10.30, so I hope that we will see you there as well. Have a great week.